Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the 13th of July, the year of our Lord 2000. M&M's The Real Slim Shady is number one in the UK charts. Mission Impossible 2, not quite the same level as M&M will be top of the UK box office for one week, which is all it deserved. Reality TV game show Big Brother first airs in the UK. Wow, that's a callback. It's hard to remember a time when these things weren't on every station 24 hours of a day. Uh, And I remember the crazy atmosphere when this was coming out. Yes, you could put a bunch of people in a box and we're going to stare at them any day and all of the night and that's the show <laughs> it's like what and everyone going who's gonna watch that millions of people as it turns out it's gonna oh, be okay. the most popular tv show in uk history yeah who thought virtue tennis for the dreamcast <laughs> is the big release and it would always disappoint me when i'd flick through the dreamcast magazines at Wade smith's while my mom went to get her hair done and they would read the top 20 must-get games for Dreamcast. So I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm thinking to get a Dreamcast. Why should I buy one? Maybe that Sonic Adventure's good. Maybe, oh, I don't know, Shenmue is as good as its reputation. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And then you flick through it. And number one, more often than not, would be Virtua Tennis or Virtua Tennis 2. I've never played it. But the fact that this had such a great reputation for a bleeding tennis game would let me to believe that it is rather good. Did you ever play it, Tom? I never played it. I'm not a tennis man, but if I was ever to play it, I would give it my all. Uh, I'm not overly familiar with it, but is it because it's the Virtuous series? I don't know whether there's any le- anything that leans towards that. Or was it just very much like when Rockstar did a table tennis game? Oh, yeah. And it, was almost, and it felt like they did it almost like a bet. Where they went, we're going to make the best table tennis game that's ever been made, ever. It's going to be actually better than it should be. I don't know whether Virtual Tennis was like that, whether it was one of those games that converts casual fans into fans of the sport. Yeah, I think so. Everyone applauded it. Do you think the Dreamcast would still be around if the adverts had gone, hey, kids, get the Dreamcast, where you can play <laughs> tennis with a racket? If I could play Virtual Tennis on my VMU on the go, then I think Dreamcast would still be here today. We, yeah. I, I think I would be... After finishing this podcast, I'll be going into the living room to play my Dreamcast 32X with the add-on oh. <laughs> that kept it alive. 
I would be playing my Dreamcast Nomad in the garden. Oh, mate, that's a throwback, the Nomad! It, it, it would have a battery pack so large, it would look like a hiker's bag. <laughs> hanging off the back of us. Yeah, but it's portable. Yeah, but I've broke my shoulder porting it. Yes, but I'm walking around like the like the graveyard digger from Ocarina of Time now. <laughs> and also in the news, sad, sad, sad news. Issue 185 of Sonic the Comic is released, and it is sadly the first issue with nothing but reprint. Uh, they had, oh. via cost-cutting measures, I believe, had one reprint per issue, then another, then another, and of the four issue, well, no, four strips of one issue, uh, there'd be three of them would be reprint before this. Now all four are reprint. Uh, they were the first part of Project Brutus storyline, uh, the homecoming, the Knuckles storyline with Dr. Zachary's first appearance, and Cybernix Strikes Back with the first appearance of Techno. So at least it was good strips, along with the mandatory crap tales singles one. But it's this is where I fell off it completely, though. As, a, as an avid reader of Sonic the Comic, like yourself growing up, I I was with it until it became reprints. And I went, I've read all these. I don't care anymore. We are the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. How the hell are you, Tom, in 2021? Mate, I am, I am limping into 2021 because <laughs> it was on New Year's Eve that I went for it. Before everything shut again, <laughs> before lockdown three, which predates lockdown and knuckles. Um, I was about to say, Tom, wait a minute, wait, a lockdown. Now, now who's doing reprint? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're running this bad boy again. Uh, New Year's Eve, I went for a walk into town uh, after it had been very cold in Newcastle. Consequently, I ended up slipping on the high-level bridge between Gateshead and Newcastle. Oh. And uh, I, I initially thought I damaged my coccyx. That's fine. Turns out I've pulled, I've pulled several muscles in my chest. So I... <laughs> I am. I have been struggling with that since the year turned to the point where this is why this podcast is going to be quite dangerous. I'm going to run a nice hot bath when I finish because it does genuinely hurt when I laugh. <laughs> like now, it's 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 oh. searing pain. But I'm, so I'm limping into 2021, but I'm glad to be here. Like this is my friend, my friend James Dundon, who does BBC Radio Cornwall made a really lovely comment the other day where he said 2021 is going to go in reverse so it's going to start off pretty shocking and it's gonna get better so it's not the greatest of starts here in the uk uh about 24 hours ago we were told that we're getting lockdown three lockdown harder three fast three lockdown so it's not the best start of the year but it's going to get better i'm optimistic for better times ahead. How are you, more importantly, Matthew? Similar to yourself, but without the injury. Uh, I had, I'm, I'm very lucky now, think about it, but I was able to go back and see my parents uh, and it, it felt bad because it is like, oh God, is this, shall we do this? Is it worth me like risking killing my parents and all this? And, uh, they were like, you better come for Christmas or we'll kill you. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Well, well when you put it like that, so I went and saw them in Bish and was a good boy and didn't see any of my friends apart from the, going to the back garden with me mate, with him. Oh, God. Because my mum was like, you better own it. If you have a meeting, then it better be 
applying the restrictions you have, have it in the back garden and it can't be any more than six people. And she got annoyed when she saw the WhatsApp thing and it was like eight people there. It's like, oh, the, the eight people invited. I went, mum, 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 you've not done a invite and event for a while, have you? If you want six people to show up, you have to invite 12 people. <laughs> it's true. And sure enough, me and the guy whose house it was showed up and then his landlord. Oh. And that was it. But you know what? It was fine. It was good like that because I was I wanted to get the best of both worlds, seeing some friends I've seen in ages, and not killing my parents. And the fact that that little people showed up was like, you know what? This is this is great. I'm so happy. Uh, so I was able to see them. And you know what, Tom? There are many times when I have I've thought, oh god, it'd be great if this just fell off a bridge. And I didn't have to deal with these people anymore. Oh, parents, parents. After a year of not seeing them, I had the best time with them. I was so, oh, it was beautiful. It was like being in a lovely warm bath for five days, honestly. Oh, and right. because of that, I am in such a, a positive mood. I have a much better outlook on things than I did the arse end of the year. I know it's weird to say, but even though it's 2021 and all that has changed is a number, that has still affected me in a positive way because it's like, right, it's 2021. Let's start as we mean to go on. I know that this is the way things are now. So rather than like last year when I was like, all right, everything better hurry up back to how it was, chop, chop. And it didn't. And then I felt bad. Now I know this is the standard until it gets changed. And just before we did this, my mom rang us and I'm like, oh, Christ, what's happened? Um, and she went, no, no, I just want to make sure you're all right because we're in lockdown three. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking. Make sure you let us know if you're not feeling very well. I, I will, I will. And you know what? That If I have that support, if I have that outlook of my family who are tremendous and I forget this because I never really see them, um, then I'll be all right, Tom. Oh, mate. That's a lovely way to think about it going into this year. I think we all need yeah. a bit of that this year. It's the whole idea of starting 2021. We know, As you said rightly there, we know what we're dealing with. So when Boris made the announcement last night here in the UK of, uh, alas, you must stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. We, we weren't Very as, good. I wasn't as, I remember being very emotional the first time that happened. Me and Alex both got a little bit teary because I was like, well, what happens now? Where do we go? What happens? But this time around, I think we were both playing Boris Bingo. So I think mm. we're pretty hardened to the whole thing now. But yeah, onwards to better things. But you know what? Let's take some time out from 2021 and let's go back 21 years, shall we, mate? Yes. Let, please let. <laughs> Dear God, let's. Why don't we stay there? <laughs> shall we, mate? Everything seems much <laughs> much better there. Yeah, we've got we've got Virtue Tennis, we've got Eminem. <laughs> and we've got SmackDown. RC Maximum Pro Cola. Oh yeah, and the little show named SmackDown which existed in the wrestling universe, which was non-canon to Fleetway. Uh, so you might need to fill us in right now, Tom, with a bit of background and lore so we know what's happening in the wrestling world iceberg of 2000. So uh, this is how wrestling looks in in this particular week of our Lord. So this week's episode of SmackDown is on July the 13th, 2000. That's the air date. So it's been quite a, a momentous week since we last spoke about SmackDown. Obviously, it's been more than a week, but you know what I mean. Shut up. TV. July the 9th, 
2000. Matthew, as a wrestling fan, if I say that date to you, what resonates in your mind? Oh, well, something bad must have happened. And because I can't think of anything that happened in WWF, it has to be WCW. Oh, the fact you're saying this, while we're checking, it's got to be Hogan's Russo, right? (laughs) Am I right? Vince Russo uh, is the right answer. Bash at the beach, 2000. Oh, yay! (laughs) (laughs) From D1. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, July the 9th, 2000 is the date of WCW Bash at the Beach, 2000. Let's go (laughs) through the card and see what happened. (laughs) Lieutenant Loco. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pinned Juvent- Juventud Guerrera to retain the Cruiserweight title. A three-star match that was 12 minutes. Uh, Big Vito retaining the Hardcore Championship against Norman Smiley and Ralphus in a dud that went a, a very satisfying 5.55. Daph- Underrated Big Vito, I must say. <laughs> the Pavarotti of hard shots to the body. Do you know what? The f- <laughs> uh, well, they do say that Big Vito kept that as a dud as opposed to the minuses. Uh, Daphne (laughs) uh, defeated Miss Hancock in a wedding gown match. Oh, okay. Because What's what's the rating for that? Uh, Minus one star. You're holding upside down. (laughs) Uh, Chronic won the WCW tag titles. They beat Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak uh, in a half a star belter at 13 minutes. Hey, they wrote the watch along with they were indeed. They're our friends from off of the watch along with us that time. Chris Canyon beat Booker T in 10 minutes and five seconds. Best match of the night, apparently. Three stars. Jeff Jarrett got involved to cost him the match. Uh, so ooh, we'll see what happens there. Mike Awesome beat Scott Steiner via DQ. Nine minutes and 11 seconds. Three and a quarter stars. Now the best match of the night. <laughs> Uh, Vampiro beat the Demon in a pre-taped graveyard match. Dub C Dub doing the boneyard matches twenty years prior. Hmm. Minus two stars for that one. It should uh, have had Kiss playing in the background. Like, that'd be so it. good. Like if you think about if it was it, the thing is with with a pre-taped graveyard match like that. I think we've learned f- with cinematic wrestling matches to go hard or go home. And I feel like with that mentality now, we probably would have had Kiss play in the background of that match. Yeah. How great would that have been? You're like, oh, my God, Vampiro just smashed a gravestone of the demon's head. He might be concussed or worse. And then Gene Simmons just shows it was, I was made for loving you, baby. <laughs> uh, Shane Douglas beat Buff Bagwell. <laughs> This is a this is a heavy show. There's lots going on here. <laughs> oh, just you wait, Tom. Right. And then we come to <sighs> the WCW Championship match. So, Jeff Jarrett, the reigning WCW champion, putting the belt on the line against Hulk Hogan. Here's what <laughs> we know. Gene, play it away. So, um, Hogan had a meeting with Jeff Jarrett, Vince Russo, and Eric Bischoff earlier that day. Uh, Jarrett left the meeting because he had to go and interview in Booker T's match. Hogan said in this meeting, um, Jarrett, it was weird because Jeff Jarrett never came back when they were going over the match. 
Hogan said that he would job to Jeff Jarrett and he was fine with that. He then found out that Vince Russo, following losing to Jeff Jarrett, didn't want to book Hogan for the rest of the year. So Hogan was like, nah, I'm going to get my win back, brother. So back and forth they went and back and forth they went. Uh, a, ma- a decision was made uh, on the match. Uh, Hogan claimed Bischoff was on his side, started fighting with Russo. Brad Siegel got involved and they made the decision because Hogan had kicked off and he wasn't going to be used for the rest of the year. The, the finish changed from Jarrett pinning Hogan and Hogan going away to Hogan winning the title from Jarrett. And there were going to be some sort of screwy finish that would lead that to happen again. So that is what Hogan believed was going to happen as he walked out to the ring. So, so I'm saying, so Hogan comes out, Jeff Jarrett comes out, Jeff Jarrett gets into the ring, the bell sounds, Jeff Jarrett immediately lays down. They throw the WCW Championship belt in the ring, and Vince Russo leaves. Hogan gets on the mic and hits us with the quotes that has been quoted multiple times over the years. Is this your deal, Russo? That's why this company is in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit like this. And Hogan, a completionist, then put his foot on Jeff Jarrett's body to to count to three and become the WCW champion. Jeff Jarrett stood up, rolled out of the ring and got himself away. Later that night, Hogan, we believe... Stormed out of the building, upset with everything. And then Vince Russo comes out (laughs) and has a little chat with the live crowd and cuts this whopper of a shoot promo where he talks about politics behind the curtain, says that Hulk Hogan was playing his face up before the match because he was going to do the job. He says that people like Hogan have been holding down the young talent. He then fires Hulk Hogan and says that Jeff Jarrett will is still the WCW champion and he will defend his championship tonight against somebody who has been working hard in the back and never got the opportunity, and that person being Booker T. So, Maff, what do you make of this bullshit then? <laughs> Hulk Hogan did a tweet one time that's become legendary and infamous. Uh, I'll do it word for word. Good night, Hulkamaniacs and jabroni marks about a life that don't know it's a work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot, <laughs> comma, marks. And I love it when it comes back because, one, it's good advice for life. And two, this is what happened. This is one of the exact reasons for this. I have had it understood and explained to me that... Russo's interpretation of events is or were Hogan and Russo eventually agreed we should do it like this Hogan knew everything that was going to happen it was a work shoot both sides agreed that you will do this and you will say this and Hogan when he was leaving backstage made the attempt to look oh look I'm leaving angrily brother disgruntlement (laughs) oh Hogan's really working there because and that sounds like something Russo would do because he was more interested in popping three people on a message board than he was the millions of people watching the TV show he was booking. Mm-hmm. 
And that's all well and good. Until Russo came out and said many disparaging things about him. The worst one being that Hogan was an egotistical, big, bad, bald son of a bitch. <laughs> Hogan does not like being called bald. Hogan had it in his contract, I believe. In some sort of contract, don't quote me on this, but some sort of agreement that in gaming or media or TV, he was never to be shown not wearing a do-rag <laughs> or a bandana. <laughs> you do not tread on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. You don't mess the Lone Ranger. You don't call Hulk Hogan bald. And so Hogan's on the assumption, all right, cool. Suicide's going to say these things that we agreed. Sees the show or gets told about it and goes, wait, you actually shot on me. All right, Hogan's fired and now uh, he has the title. He's going away. And then Booker T's going to win the title, blah, blah, blah. And Hogan's fired, blah, blah, blah. And Hogan's now realizing, I've actually been shot on. This is no longer... I'm shoot bald. Can everyone like, stop getting shot? <laughs> like, wait a minute. For the I've been played. No more on the charts this week. Um, yeah, Hogan apparently goes, wait a minute. Uh, no, 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 no. I play you, not the other way around. I'm Hulk Hogan. I've been doing this since you were banging cheerleaders. What are you, what are you talking about? And then he gets mad and files a, obviously we'll get into in the next few weeks, a genuine lawsuit in a genuine court. Not like with Matt Riddle's lawyer, no, with a real lawyer um, about how he's been disparaged in this. Uh, got the OJ Simpson lawyer. I've been hodgemonized, disparagerized, and steinerized. I've been everything. <laughs> and, uh, Your Honor. And, uh, yeah. I've been steinerized, Your Honor. He had to speak in triplicates. That's how he was so good. <laughs> Look, he got OJ off, Tom. How are you, who are you to criticise? <laughs> El Dandy. Um, so, that's all well and good. More people have talked about this incident and had to explain it in depth and given their thoughts than it did anything for Hogan, Russo, or even, God bless him, Booker T. And it especially didn't do a damn thing for WCW or the buy rate or the uh, ratings. It did nothing. People talked about it online, so Russo still sees this, I believe. I don't watch his bloody podcast. But uh, until recently, at least, he saw this as a, as a success because people were talking about it. <laughs> because obviously, Tom, you know, that's what you want to... Even if people are tweeting us going, God, this podcast sucks. They're talking about us, Tom. We're a success. <laughs> no one's listening to it, but people are hating it. My God, we must be a success. And it's a damn shame that Booker T's rise... To the very top of WCW, where he remained until the end of the company. It was foreshadowed by this one bloody stupid incident that we have spent even more time talking about it. Because you know what, Tom? The year after this, the anniversary of Bash of the Beach 2000, the 20, 21st anniversary, it'll still be talked about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the thing is, the pay-per-view's not done yet. <laughs> like, that wasn't the main It might event. as well be. And and this is another, this is another thing that suggests like in terms of where the the water is muddied because everybody went oh well that wasn't planned then then obviously Booker T knew that day he was going to become the champion at the end of the night surely because otherwise why would you put your WCW title match on halfway through the show because um, following this we had Bill Goldberg uh, versus Diamond Dallas Page with Kevin Nash Goldberg beating Nash a uh, hey, Diamond Dallas Nash hang on I've the insiders implode. Oh, of course they were. 
Goldberg beat Nash in the next match. Four minutes and 21. Nash said if he didn't win and bring Scott Hall back to WCW because Bill Goldberg had, had Scott Hall's contract hostage. <laughs> because wrestling. And that's how it works. Um, oh, Nash... no, I have to interrupt very rudely. Go on. Have you not seen <laughs> the bit where he goes, I've got Scott Hall's contract. It must be in the Nitro before this is a setup. I still remember this. Uh, Goldberg says, a... a... Nash wrestles the cat, I believe, to get the, the contract back and opens a suitcase afterwards and it's like, it's empty. It cuts to Goldberg on the Titantron. Nash, do you want Hall's contract? And then he eats it. <laughs> now I own Scott Hall forever. Or until I need to take a dump. I don't know. But then he had the contract at the pay-per-view. So it must have, he must have a great system. Like that passed through his system beautifully. And in very thorough. Yeah, very thorough. Anyway, uh, Goldberg beat Nash. Steiner came out uh, as Nash's mate to help him. Oh, it was a setup all along. Uh, Goldberg wins. And then we get Scott, uh, Goldberg ripping up Scott Hall's contract. Half a star. Thanks very much. And then the main event. Uh, Booker T pins Jeff Jarrett in 13 minutes and 40 seconds to become the new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Three-star match. Uh, the beginning of what they hope to be another brave new era slash reboot for WCW with Booker T on top of the world. It's good to see Booker on top, but like you say, just tainted by all this brouhaha around it. Oh, is that how you pronounce that? I think so. How have you brouhaha. When I've When I've read that, because I don't think I've heard many people talk about that. But when I, as I read that online, I imagine an old-fashioned gentleman going, <laughs> twizzling his moustache as he says it. Oh, I, I guess both, depending on your accents. But either way, bit of brouhaha. Fun fact, away from WCW, right? July the 9th saw something that could have been confused as a work or a shoot, depending on who you ask. Ugh. Something happened of a similar nature two days prior in ECW. Oh, July 9th. Mm. I, you know what? I can't remember. For this, we go to... Paul Heyman paying people. <laughs> no, that would be... That's a work, clearly. Uh, it's a worked check. They don't call it a bounce check. July the 7th, uh, an ECW taping in Poughkeepsie, New York. Right. Bob Backlund turns up. And... Okay, so this is, comes from The Observer. They did a strange deal with Bob Backlund that everyone was swearing wasn't an angle. Bob Backlund was invited to the ECW show, although the word was given that he came on his own. Some say he was invited. He was backstage before the show, chatting away to people, and it was during the Kid Cash versus C.W. Anderson match that he entered the crowd, started having a go at fans, spouting big words like Backlund does, as the match is in progress, like no one's watching the match. They're all watching Backland. And then security throws him out of the building. Now, we're not sure at this point whether this was a shoot, whether Backland just turned up and went mental, or whether this is part of a storyline that will see Bob Backland as part of ECW. I had never heard this before. Oh, well, therefore, I think, I, well, I, whether it was dropped, I don't know. But this was the thing. July 7th, Poughkeepsie, Bob Backlund in ECW. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? 
I love the idea of Bob Backlund, mental Bob Backlund in ECW. I think he'd have been a good fit. I'm having a look at fan cams now. Yeah, Poughkeepsie, New York. It has a big couple of letters. Bob Backlund, Bob Backland is in Ireland. Well done. Fuck it. World champion for six years, doesn't matter. Backland. <laughs> Runs crazy in the audience during the show and it is on video, exclamation marks. I'm going to need to find footage of that. Wow, look at this Look at this house show card in 2000, Tom. And let me tell you like, how wild, crazy, uh, popular wrestling was at this time. Bill Wiles versus Danny Doring. I forget who Bill Wiles was. Uh, Simon Diamond and Swinger versus the Prodigy and the Prodigette. I could barely remember the Prodigy. He had a he had a valet. Bloody hell. Uh, Swinger still going strong in impact. Nova, Chris Chetty and Chili Willy versus the <laughs> FBI. C.W. Anderson versus Kid Cash. Just uh, There we go. There's the, there's the Bob Backland appearance. Just Incredible versus the Jiri. Rhino versus Raven. Tommy Dreamer and Jalen versus the Baldies. And Rob Van Dam versus Balls Mahoney. What a card. Fantastic. What a night yeah, for that, ECW. And that may have been one of the last appearances for Raven in ECW. So I don't know why that is. Maybe we'll find out in a few weeks' time. We may do. Hey, he could be heading to Stamford. I know one guy who's pretty adamant that he's heading to Stamford this week. Who's that, Tom? That would be former flop WWF champion, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash. According to The Observer, Kevin Nash hasn't been shy over the last week about telling everyone that he's getting ready in about 15 months to go back to the WWF for one last run as Big Daddy Cool. He's going to get in shape and have some main event runs with The Rock and Steve Austin before retiring for a job on the booking committee. He's just wandering around backstage at Nitro just telling people this. Wow. Uh, I, I mean... I can't relate to that because Kevin Nash, <laughs> seven foot whatever he claims to be, big long hair, sexy man, and all the other stuff that he is. Um, I can't, I would love to live with the confidence of a man so big and tall, he knows he could say and do whatever he wants and get away with it. Oh, can you imagine? I would love to have, a, like, if I was a single man, have a Tinder profile. It just says I'm I'm six foot ten. That's oh how how tall was he? Was he six ten or seven foot? I think he had to be billed as seven because his story about when he went to see Hogan as a fan and he was billed as six whatever and he went wait what? <laughs> no, he isn't. He's like staring and going no, I'm I'm that and I I can see you I can see your bald head. And uh, Hogan said, "How dare you sue you?" And he went, "I'm sorry, pal." Speaking um, of beefy customers. Staying with the WWF, former UFC fighter Ron H2O Waterman. Oh, God. Who has a resemblance of Bill Goldberg, has signed a developmental contract and is getting ready to check into OVW. You're not a fan of Waterman? Resemblance to Goldberg. He looks like, have you ever seen those screenshots of a uh, low poly? Mario in Mario 64 when he's far away so the process is like well if he's far away let's do it low quality and he gets close <laughs> to the thing that's him and Scott Steiner that is nah there's the Goldberg I thought you were um, going to say he was like that meme where we say mum can we have Goldberg no we've got <laughs> Goldberg at home <laughs> I love they looked at his name Ron Waterman and went we need a nickname for you I've got it Ron <laughs> H2O 
Waterman. <laughs> they missed the trick by not calling him Sparkling. <laughs> the Germans would have lapped him up. Hey! Uh, he did not do much, if nothing of note, in VW. I uh, don't think he made it to TV. He had a match with Kajimuto for Noah, I believe, one year. And he had a... Oh, what a match it was, man. A, a, a match for the ages. <laughs> and those ages were... Uh, <laughs> Zero to one. So you're not able to pay attention. <laughs> Waterman is in. If you don't want water, you're out of luck because Dr. Pepper and 7up Incorporated have announced that they are pulling out of their sponsorship of the World Wrestling Federation. Since WWF has toned the show down greatly and companies keep bailing, it once again shows, according to David Meltzer of Wrestling Observer, how poorly WWF handled the controversy by turning it into a feud. It doesn't take a genius to see how the Stephen Richards character, which I actually find kind of funny, and the way the announcers portray it on television, is going to make the PTC work harder at getting sponsors to bail. Dave says. Yeah. I like the idea of Dave Meltzer laughing at something. <laughs> he doesn't laugh very often, does he? I, I found this funny. Stephen Richards comes out and goes, oh, you know what's good for you, so I'll do it. Uh, this is a funny idea because Vince McMahon <laughs> often says this in backstage meetings. He's also making fun of PTC. <laughs> Star he's in, and a half. He's in touch with his emotions. In touch with his emotions. <laughs> Ron H two O Waterman because he has water in his name. It's, <laughs> not, it's not just the PTC who are unhappy with the WWF at this point. Um, channel Four are unhappy, Math. They're called Channel Four because they're the fourth channel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good channel. I mean, there's three others before it. Um, <laughs> from Dave, the reason Channel 4 in the UK is now showing the WWF pay-per-views on a one-hour tape delay is a complaint to the ITC about the Miss Rumble May Young debacle. Channel 4 told the WWF after the complaint to edit all sex and heavy violence off the pay-per-view shows and send it to them one hour later via a feed. The WWF was upset because they were under the impression since the shows were starting at 1am that they could air it unedited and also because WWF itself has to edit the show for England and have the editing done maybe one hour later right after all the demands of doing a live pay-per-view broadcast. What makes this funny is that Sky, which airs Raw, had complaints also sent to the ITC about Raw's content, but the ITC ruled in favour of Sky because of the argument that with Raw starting at 10pm in the UK, you can see far more graphic sex and violence at the hour on Sky movies and even more on bbc movie channels um yeah it's an interesting mix up here how with sky people have complained about the violence and sky have gone "Eh, it's fine it's after it's after the watershed do whatever channel four no they're not having that they're like no it's after the watershed but no i don't know whether channel four were getting buyer's remorse about this pay-per-view deal already i think so and I don't think we've discussed it before, but just in case we hadn't, because I wasn't aware. Do you know who the head of Channel 4's, uh, I think, young adult TV, whatever it's called, department was? Is it Vince Russo? It's 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 funnier than that. <laughs> Go on. Andy Peters. No, the Andy Peters. The Andy, Ed the Duck, Andy Peters. TV show host of the broom cupboard from the 90s, Andy Peters. The very same. So Andy Peters was kicking off about the wrestling. 
Yeah, and I think again, lost in what uh, is printed there is the thing we've said beforehand. Channel Four got WF because they assumed, oh, ooh, ooh, yay! Uh, that was a weird noise. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what was going. <laughs> um, and then people went, "Are you all right, Ed?" And he went, "Yeah, oh, fantastic. WF really popular with um, uh, what's, what would you say, young adults, older teens, whatever. That's great. That's a demographic we have. We'll sell advertising based on that." And then they watched it, and there was barbed wire, and there was May Young's tits, which looked like two socks filled with blood sausage. And uh, they went, this isn't bloody 12 to 15. This is 18. We already have Euro trash. And so I think that's the reason, the main reason why, because if Sky goes, we could show up with bloody one because people are paying additional for it. It's a lot different to people going, yes, it's on at this time because it's uh, that's a time difference. It's not on this time because it's Euro trash. <laughs> but it was. It was American trash. Oh, I see what you did there. See what you did there. Right, we're going to get into the rigors of SmackDown in a moment. Do you want some of the happenings from the pre-show and heat before we do? Oh, go on then. I need to know what's happening with the dups. Oh, well, you'd be, you'd be glad to know they're in action this week. Rodney and Joey Abs, the Mean Street bossy, beat the dups. Uh, after interference from Pete Gas, five minutes and eight seconds. Dave says, Dubs are big guys who can move, but at this point, they aren't that good. <laughs> hey, how is wow. this How is this for a preach? The, the, there was a match on before this, uh, which Dave says, match was really bad, but one guy showed a ton of charisma and is going to make it someday. That was the match between Damien Steele and Prototype, a.k.a. John Cena. Turns out Dave was a big fan of Damien Steele. <laughs> oh, I mean, thank you for letting that hang in the air. <laughs> yeah, John Cena was on the on the dark of this episode of SmackDown. I love when we do these episodes and I find something like that. A guy who is going to revolutionise the industry. In not long, in, in not a short amount, in a, in a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. It's always nice to see them on the bubble at times like this. Absolutely. And that is all well and good. Damien Steele was doing dark shit. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Former XVW World Heavyweight Champion, Damien Steele. And facing John Cena, 4 minutes 36, my way or the highway. I'll never lost. <laughs> uh, Sunday Night Heat was taped before SmackDown started as well. Uh, Edge and Christian beating the Dudleys. Uh, there was some shenanigans. Edge pinning Bubba with his feet on the ropes. Uh, they botched the finish because the feet didn't actually touch the ropes, apparently. Uh, they all got 3D. 3Ds all around afterwards. Uh, Steve and Richards ran out to take the tables away from the Dudleys. Uh, Godfather beat Bull Buchanan via DQ. Taz got involved and choked out the Godfather. Godfather looked pretty bad, says Dave. Cruel. Uh, D'Lo and Chaz beat Kai and Ty using the old power and glory finish off the top. Uh, with Chaz doing a top rope superplex and D'Lo doing a frog splash on Taka. Apparently, it was a very cool finish. Oh, no like heat for the match at all. Uh, Perry Satin beat S.A. Rios with an elbow off the top. Uh, Rios missed spot after spot until hitting awesome double springboard spot. Bad match. Satin's elbow off the top landed on Rios' mouth, knocked a few teeth out. <laughs> Cry! Sounds like a car crash that match does. Oh. Uh, we then had Bradshaw beat Gangrel with the clothesline. And uh, Taz did a promo before SmackDown started, just just shouting about everybody. Uh, Dave says, it's interesting how the crowd changes throughout the night. Like during the dark matches, the prototype steel match and the 
posse and the dups where you've got like no branding and we just got like sort of generic wwf logos everywhere the crowd are pretty quiet when heat's on they're a little bit louder but still not completely invested but the moment the smackdown branding appears they are losing their minds unprompted so they know this is when the tv show starts and they're saving their energy for for smackers which we are about to get into guided by the prince of botchamania matthew gray (laughs) And the Lord of BBC Radio Newcastle. <laughs> yes, that my day will come. And the Mayor of the Virtue Tennis Podcast. I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> and good for you for completely no-selling Dave Meltzer's. They're quiet during the the pre-shows, but when the heat is on, then the crowd get into it. <laughs> Dave Meltzer wrote that and thought people are going to look at that and go, "That's a pun." <laughs> No, they're not, Dave. They're ready and willing to hear about silly bollocks, wrestling, and more silly bollocks, because that's all we've got now. On the SmackDown that aired the 13th of July, we're in Oakland in front of 17,000 rabid fans, and the only intro we get is Mick Foley is in Asia. Yeah, that was like a weird, like that seems very, a very specific start to the show. Mick Foley on a promotional tour of Southeast Asia. You could have just said a promotional tour. To the point where I thought, that's an angle. That's bait. That's an angle. <laughs> like, he's not really on a tour of Asia. Like, he's in a back room somewhere where somebody's, like, decorated a, a room to look like Japan. And they've convinced him that he's in Asia. I thought it was an angle. They were they were that blatant about it. Yeah, that's right. And that's all the stuff we get as the show starts off. Six-man tag action with Tukum Rikishi taking on Test, Albert, and Venus. That's right, the team of Tav. <laughs> it's Tav! It's Tav! Mav, Mav, Mav. Go on. Shag, Barry, kill. <laughs> Prince oh. Albert, Val Venus, Test. <coughs> okay, well... Killed Venus, obviously. <laughs> um, test is... D- oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I've realised the conundrum here. <laughs> um, <coughs> Who are you going to marry? Marry Test and Shag Albert. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's Shag Albert. <laughs> Don't do a drug. (laughs) Hey, shut up, Shag Albert. Hey, stop, (laughs) stop doing crimes. I don't know what they did on. Yeah, I don't know what happened in Shag Albert either. (laughs) See, it's fine because if you marry Test, chances are you'll end up marrying Triple H. Uh, I'm going to go um, Shag Valvinus because he's a porn star. He knows what he's doing. And uh, yeah. and, and, and then... Um, oh, do I kill him? Because he's a bit... No, I won't kill him. I'll... I'll uh... <laughs> okay. Shag Val, marry Test, kill Prince Albert with kindness. <laughs> That's very brave of you to assume that you could kill Prince Albert. With a I man. think from a distance, from a distance with a longbow, I might be all right. <laughs> I might just something something that can cut through that matted hair. 
Yeah, I think like an elephant gun, an old-time <laughs> elephant gun. It would just bounce off. <laughs> With an extra sharp uh, an extra sharp blade at the front. Might be For all the right. really big elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Albert. Sorry, Albert. Love your work at the performance center. Yeah, sorry, Test, and uh, not sorry at all to Val Venus. Isn't it funny how you watch Tav walking down to the ring and you go, one of those three men is going to devote their careers to training the future of wrestling. And it's not going to be Test. <laughs> and it's not going to be Test. It's going to be Trish. It, exactly. It, it is weird, you're right, because... Sometimes you go, well, that guy's a great wrestler. Why aren't they training? I think Bruce Pritchard said a few times, just because they're a great wrestler doesn't mean that they translate to being a great trainer. So that's probably why Johnny Rods and Mr. Hughes, despite having not that great in-ring performances, but you know, dependable and whatever, end up being fantastic trainers because the quality of wrestlers they put out over the years. More, more often than not, there is, a, there is an art to being able to do something and teach something very different schools yeah. of thought Th- those who can't teach exactly. those who can't teach <laughs> sorry to teach uh, it's not true that's it's, a joke they've heard bloody it brilliant what you do right now it's thank teacher you humor. thank you thank you for forcing the government to shut us down like we genuinely needed to do yeah that's right yeah that's what i thought i'd take a shot at those teachers what are they doing <laughs> in their life you on have the line six every weeks off going. every year we know yeah. you don't <laughs> we know you don't I love yeah, no, you, you're good people. Who's your favourite teacher? Dean Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's a good question, actually, Let's Tom. That's Draco. Uh, at, <laughs> at QE uh, in Darlington. Isn't that a the, ferry? At the QE2. Oh, this sorry. Is just, <laughs> this is the first one, the better one. <laughs> um, the QE1, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, I never thought of it like that. The QE1 in Darlow. We had such fantastic teachers for English Lit. And I wanted to drop it because I'm like, I'm sick of this bloody books. But the teachers were so into it, invested into it. And I'm always uh, attracted to and attach myself to people who have that level of passion. So like today, class, we're going to be speaking and reading on Shakespeare's uh, The Tempest. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, Tempest. Whoosh. Oh, no, I'm wet. All right, let, let's get to it. It's like... <laughs> We shall all read a page, uh, go around the classroom, and I shall start. It's like, all right, go. Cool. And it was okay. I still remember it. Like, the first bit of uh, Tempest is they're on the, the boat. And he's going, okay, act one, scene one. Boat Swan! Boat Swan! He yelled it. <laughs> Freaking, like, like, Boat Swan! The water! And I'm like, whoa, all right. So then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to read this, you know. And then Caliban <laughs> did something in the end. Oh my God, I, I read it like, you know, to, uh, Prospero's speech and all the rest there. It's like, yeah, we're really into it. So the English lit teachers at QE, even though I bumped into one of them a while ago, Mr. Botswan, uh, walking around the Newcastle, and I, I went up to him and I went, excuse me, pal, I'm sorry to bother you, but did you used to teach at QE? And he went, like, don't don't mug me. I went, no, 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 I, I, I used to, you're my, you're my teacher. I was a student of yours. <laughs> He went, oh, oh, okay. I, I think I vaguely remember. Yes, I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, are you still working there? Are you still teaching people? Are you still pumping them full of enthusiasm? Uh, no, I left and I run a vegan cafe in Burnham Castle. Good day, and he left. <laughs> oh wow, well that's nice. But on the plus side, you remembered his English lit lessons that did quite literally sound like English lit. Yeah, 
Oh, 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 nice. Thanks, mate. Good wordplay there, mate. I like that. Also, a special mention to Mr. Bow of Bishop Auckland, who was my teacher of King James, and he was he he taught me a valuable lesson about <laughs> that was his job, I guess. But not a real life lesson, I should say, about just because you're a teacher, you're in a level of position of power, you don't have to be a condescending get. Yeah. And he, he was so nice when he said, look, lads, I'm going to read this out. Uh, I'm just the messenger. And they'd say a new rule. And we'll go, oh, sir. And he'd go, look, lads, it's not me writing this. I'm reading it. You know, you can see me. I don't run the school. That's the head teacher. <laughs> and the one time he was like, oh, you know, teachers, whatever, you know, some of them had respect, some of them didn't. Some of them were assholes and deserved it. And some of them was because we were assholes. But there was one time uh, me and everybody else who saw this remember it probably still to this day. Um, he broke up a fight. And he's like, oh, stop it, stop this. Two lads smaller than him. And then one of them, like, oh, get off us, and elbowed him. And it wasn't very hard, but it was just like the fact that he hit him. And Mr. Bo picked him up by his, like, elbows and went, don't you hit me, lad. Whoa. (laughs) And everyone went, oh, okay. Like, hey, 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 you hit me again, and we'll see what's happening. But you hit me. And he went, oh, sorry, sir. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, That I remember. And I got to see him. I'm sorry that people want to hear about wrestling. I'm sorry, I made this quick. But I got to see him (laughs) when I moved back to Bish. After doing uh, after Preston miserably, and I saw him in Asda, and I went, "Oh, sir, uh, I'm sorry to bother you about this, but I mean, uh, he used to teach me." And he went, "I remember you, Matt." <laughs> he went, "No, I run a vegan cafe." Good. Ah, oh, no, right, right, right. This is a reflection upon the two different stories. I went, "I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, yeah, bother you, pal, but you uh, used to teach me." And he went, uh, "I remember you, Matthew." And that 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 would have been um, five, six, yeah, six years after he taught me. After I'd seen him, his form, and that Aww. that really, I, I wow. So I'm getting a bit emotional now. I think oh bless that. you, what a great moment that was. Um, and I, I got to tell him like like we you know everybody respected you. He went oh I appreciate that. And he said are you still there? And he went nah I couldn't stand the politics anymore. Got out as soon as I could. <laughs> uh, and I found out that he passed away. I think maybe a year or so after that. And I'm glad that I mean he was old, so it wasn't like it was anything premature. But I'm glad that I got to tell him that before he passed away. Bless you, mate. It, it's the power of telling those people that that you care about, that you care about them. Yeah. We do forget that. So I think we get so bogged down in, in how bad things are. And I think this, I think last year has taught us to, to enjoy stuff, appreciate things a lot more, whether it's people, whether it's going places, to breathe in a bit more. Watch Disney Pixar Soul if you're not sure about it. It's a, it's a handy documentary film presentation that will make you feel much better about it all. Yeah. Obviously, don't watch, if, you, sexy, don't watch if you're house. feeling sad. Don't watch <laughs> if you're feeling sad. <sighs> anyway, what was Grandmaster Sexy doing? Oh, that was a lovely set. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut that off. <laughs> Grandmaster Sexy cleans house and immediately plays Grandmaster in peril. Well, that's something I typed. Uh, against Vel Venus. Then Test tags in and he can guess how that works out for him. <laughs> womp, womp. Does he win the match dead quick? Because he's brilliant. That's it. Yeah. Uncle Slam and goes, I'm Test. <laughs> the Uncle Slam. <laughs> oh, Hottie... I've heard that in ages. Hottie slaps him around and tags in Albert, who was playing with DK mode on. Oh, wait. No, he isn't. Sorry. It's a bit harsh, Matthew. Bloody hell. And then I've typed in, Trish, how do I unlock DK mode? <laughs> Dorian Kindersley mode. Dynamite kid mode. Dynamite kid mode. Is that what, is that what you're sitting in an apartment surrounded by cans? Pre- <laughs> Talk about how great things used to be. Press A to put your sky, your sky card in the sky box. 
no. Can't believe that still. Oh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's too hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on. Too cool are over. Team TAV aren't. Uh, so two of that's a cheers. People aren't really getting into serious Val, but he's delivering the ring right now, so I'll allow it. I realise that they could be Team VAT. And that works really well in 2021 because no one's expecting that push. We're screwed. Albert gets a funky kick kick famous a combo for a pumped in ooh from the real crowd. Val gets a man's ass rubbed in his face, so Trish tries to distract, but Lita appears to dunk her off the apron, and this of course distracts TNA enough to take their eyes off the prize as Rikishi squishes Val with the Banzai drop. The Hardys and Lita are still here and two cool ones, so hey, let's all dance together. Which it's probably the easiest pop in the world this period in history. But it's so good. Like, hey, look, let's get these guys to dance. Like, yeah, dance, yeah, five stars. Ah, oh, it's a good time. What do you think of this match uh, in between the discussions of teachers and life and telling people <laughs> how much you mean to them? Um, good match to open the night. Decent enough tag team shenanigans. Um, there was a sign in the crowd for a radio station which caught my eye which is a sign for wild 94.9 I, I love it when you like center on these little <laughs> i just get sometimes i get sucked into the little things right and the one thing i know about wild 94.9 is a story from 1993 so um there was a story during the rounds in 93 that bill clinton who was president at the time um, caused a massive backup of traffic on the lax runway while he was getting his hair cut on Air Force One. Oh, I've heard that story. So, um, D- so and here we go. The morning DJ of, of KYLD, of Wild 94.9, and a man that has competed in a WCW match, Man Cow. <laughs> oh. DJ Man Cow Muller staged a parody of the incident on the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge, and he did it during rush hour. He got a lot of vans and blocked the westbound lanes on the bridge while uh, his sidekick got a haircut on the bridge. Now, if Bill Clinton does it, he's the president. Man Cow ain't the president. So as a result of this, uh, Man Cow Muller was fired from the station. He was prosecuted and convicted of a felony by the San Francisco court, sentenced to three years probation, a $500 fine, 100 hours of community service, and eventually a lawsuit was settled that was filed by a commuter on the bridge by KYLD for $1.5 million. Wow. Fun fact! You can be creative on radio without being a dick during rush hour. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Uh, that's 94.1, 94.9. Uh, also, I put here, Lita has as much rhythm as I do. And I love Lita. <laughs> Big fan of Lita's work. But when she was dancing here, there wasn't a lot of coordination going on. And God love her. God love her. I'd be, I'd be just as a fish out of water. But she really wasn't that adept at dancing was she rikishi looked great like he was busting some moves but i just the one thing i thought was oh lita <laughs> it's points for effort 
She was hitting all the spots S.A. Rios was missing. <laughs> uh, well, I can't comment on people's dancing abilities, so let's move on to backstage. Triple H and Stephanie walk with a sledgehammer. Backstage. <laughs> also, an advert for WWFauctions.com because eBay was taking off, as you all know what WWE likes doing when something gets popular, and that's rip it off. So... Would you like a quiz based on auctions.wwf.com? Bloody hell. T- yes. Yes, right. I would. God, yes. Give it to me now. Right. Okay. In the first year of WWF auctions, the highest selling auction item was A, a pair of worn liter pants that went for $4,007. B, a date at WWF New York with one of the Godfather's hoes that went for $9,000. Or C, a bloodied Mankind t-shirt from Royal Rumble 2000 that went for $11,042. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's going to be the first one, but I want the second one to be true. <laughs> it is the first one. Uh, a thong worn by Lita oh. went, went for over $4,000 at auctions.wwf.com proving that no matter what time you start watching wrestling there will always be wrestling perverts not much has changed eh? no mate not in the slightest and the guy had him on his face like Dennis Hopper's mask (laughs) in uh, blue velvet oh god sorry Um, was there another quiz no (laughs) good that's the only quiz (laughs) I love that you knew like oh wait a minute WWF New York, a hoe. <laughs> Go on, Matthew, take the beat. Go on, yeah, I did. I did lay that. I did dangle that carrot for you there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pay you nine grand to come to WWF New York. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, in the ring, Triple H isn't surprised. Mick Foley is ten thousand miles away and trying to is still able to screw him because tonight's main event is Triple H versus the American Bad Bleep. Undertaker and an ODQ match. Lots of bleeps this episode, we'll see. Crowd chants slut. Triple H says, ah, who cares what they think and carries on. Probably the best way of dealing with that. Triple H says he realises he's smarter than Foley because ramble, 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 ramble. 
<laughs> Did he sneeze? sneeze. <laughs> rumble, rumble, rumble. Hey, let's see some footage instead of me talking. No, let me. Uh, we've got to stop here because I need to break down what he ramble, ramble, rambled about. Oh, here. please do because I'm like, right. He's usually really, really, really good. Maybe the best year of his career. Is he that? Damn this good? was just. Go on, Tom. Please translate. <laughs> okay. Remember back in ninety nine when we did when we did ninety nine Survivor Series, and I talked you through a grand scheme that he had. To, to punch <laughs> Steve Austin. Yeah. Right? Yes, because you, you're bloated up with several. Right. That that scheme <laughs> looks like the great train robbery <laughs> in comparison to the nonsense <laughs> that he did on Raw. Okay. So. And he was he was happy as a pig in with himself for the Bleep. plan. <laughs> with, a, with happy as a pig in radio edit with what he did okay so here's what happened on raw chris jericho beat road dog to earn himself a match against triple h at fully loaded triple h was really angry at road dog backstage steph came out to the ring about an hour later with a proposition for chris jericho she said that, oh i liked it when you kissed me at king of the ring why did we make peace Jericho's music played. Uh, X-Pot, Road Dog, and Triple H all got on the ramp to beat him up. He didn't turn up. He was on. Then he appeared on the Tron, saying, "Hey, I'm not coming out there. You were going to attack me. Yes, you silly people." Then backstage, X-Pot is is given out to Triple H, saying, "Oh, you flipping idiot! That was never going to work." They start pushing each other, and they decide, "You know what? Let's settle it in the ring. Me and you, Triple H and X-Pot, we're going to have a match tonight on Raw." So they do. They go to the ring in their in their joggers, in their tracksuits, and they start properly fighting. All in the ring, around the ring. Chris Jericho runs out to attack them. As he does, Road Dog comes along with a sledgehammer. And they all beat up Chris Jericho because it was a setup all along. So Triple H's plan, right? Once Road Dog lost, Triple H said, here's what we're going to do. Road Dog, you and I are going to have a pretend argument. We're going to pretend to fall out. Then, Steph, you go to the ring and you try and coax Chris Jericho out. He won't come out, but that's part of the plan. We'll pretend that that was the plan, but it wasn't. Then X-Pac, you get annoyed with me backstage. Wake up, lads. You get annoyed with me backstage. We start pushing each other. We then go to the ring, have a proper fight against each other in the off chance. The off chance that Chris Jericho comes out to try and attack either of us. On the off chance that happens... Road Dog, you come out with a sledgehammer, we'll all beat him up. It was a setup all along. Triple H's plans are bullshit. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but the funniest part of it all is the fact that he thinks he's freaking Count Moriarty <laughs> of the wrestling world. When these are, these are such... And 
The thing is, these aren't isolated. Throughout Triple H's career, he bloody loves a, a storyline where we'll pretend we're falling out and it's a set up all along. It's so, so bad. But I swear, this makes the snake bite thing look like the great train robbery. It's just so bonkers. Wait, Tom, Tom. Uh, wait, the crowd. The crowd are chanting <laughs> something. What? Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, yes, you are quite right, Tom. Uh, if you look at the in Triple H's little angles and fusy as and storylines set up, inevitably, he'll be the one to point out that a fat dude is actually fat. Uh, he is actually the really smart, clever, and funny one of every situation he's in. And you can't trick him. He is untrickable. And this is just another bit. And it was really, really bad by the sounds of the show. But it was redeemed slightly because there's X-Pac and Triple H who are having a go. X-Pac yelled, hey, hey, you lost to the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> I forgot that line. <laughs> but that was part so, of the plan all along. Yes, the brawler was in on it. They were all you were all made fools of. If you have to call yourself the cerebral assassin, chances are you're not the cerebral assassin. Yeah, well I'll out trick him. Why? By doing something smart? No, by making everyone else dumber than me. <laughs> so, yes, just to re-address re this uh, amazing little bit. Later on, Raw, Jericho attacks Triple H and X-Pac motions for Road Dog to come out with a sledgehammer. That's the bit we get shown. We don't get shown the entire thing that Tom shows. It looks a bit odd in this cut-out format. Suddenly, like, oh, Road Dog's, Road Dog's come out with a sledgehammer. And X-Pac pushed Triple H. Road Dog must be ready to hit <laughs> Jericho with a sledge. What? No. Of course, it was a ruse, and they all attacked Triple H. And the crowd on Raw and the, the SmackDown crowd re-watching this couldn't give a monkeys. Wow, you got us. Then Triple H nails Jericho with a sledgehammer and leaves him bleeding. And I remember seeing those photos in WF Magazine and thinking Triple H just swung that sledgehammer like he was Ken Griffey Jr. and half-killing Jericho and was so disappointed when I finally saw Triple H swing that sledgehammer with his hand over it. <laughs> that is the Jericho only way gets... to use oh, a sledgehammer. <laughs> of course. when you... It takes my dad forever to put up fences. He's got his hand in front of it. <laughs> I've broken three knuckles this week <laughs> trying to pang a picture up. Because I'm putting fuck. up a sledgehammer the same way that Triple H... Why has no one done that as a video yet? Like, wrestlers doing DIY. Like, having... I might might do that myself. What, very, very, very slowly going up a ladder. Yeah, <laughs> changing the light bulb takes you three hours. And that, after you do it, oh, it's been screwed in. You fall backwards off it like Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Legs flailing in the air like you've just grabbed the, the money from No Mercy 99. <laughs> yeah, the sledgehammer, just thud, ow, thud, ow, thud, ow. Hey, what should I do with this two by four? Picks up over your head. Oh! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that might be a good idea for you, Tom. Because <laughs> you're smart and clever and handsome. And Jericho gets folded into an ambulance as DX laugh. And Triple H says, that's what happens when you mess with the game. A meandering interview segment that did nothing for this feud. My time, my time will not come back. <laughs> And like I said, Chris Jericho got folded into an ambulance like he's Paper yes. Mario. 
It was easier that way. He's in bits. <laughs> Paper Jericho. John! <laughs> How would that look? <laughs> Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year, John. Get back to work. <laughs> and this uh, very below-par segment by the standards of Triple H is... Okay, here we go. Isn't that a great bit? The next segment sees Road Dog for some reason saying something offensive to Lita and then getting slapped and the Hardy Boys coming on as the colossal jostle in the hallway. This is followed by a stack of two advert with the stack of the week moment, which is Lita slapping Road Dog from five seconds ago. So the moment of the week is the moment that just happened. <laughs> That's how great it was, Tom. It was a hell of a moment. And this immediately leads to the King of Rock who? The King of Rock what? To take on the Hardys with dogs saying, hey, hey, lads, this dog bites and kicks. Bleep. A lot of bleep in these past few weeks. Well, they're bleeping more, aren't they? Because RTC, PTC are breathing down their N-E-C-K. You can't say that. <laughs> breathing down their bleep. Breathing down their radio edit. Yes. Road Dog beats up Matt until he counters with a top rope moonsault to a standing opponent. And this to make me so mad when I'd go for the top rope and I'd come off at the wrong time on No Mercy and you'd still hit the moonsault, but it wasn't the right type of moonsault. So CPU Road Dog would just watch me fall on my ass. I digress. <laughs> I'd yell, what about Matt Hardy at my TV? And my mum would write something down in my journal. <laughs> Jeff completely misses a swinging splatting thing and Lola laughs. Uh, his hair is set to New Day merchandise levels of vibrant colour. Uh, these the hard sorry, not the DX. What are they called now? I guess they are the DX. The X Pac and Road Dog version of DX must have loved the Hardies. Okay, lads, you bump everywhere and we don't leave our feet. Okay, let's go. And hot tag to the hot twink as Jeff Hardy clears house. Twist of fate, Swanton Bomb gets the Oh, two! Road Dog pulls him out at the very last second. And then TNA get their revenge for earlier by attacking Dog. What? No, they don't. Attacking Matt. <laughs> I was, I've messed up Matt Hardy and Road Dog. That's awful. Followed by Jeff getting pushed into an X Factor off the top rope for the win. <laughs> Clearly, this match had my full attention, but what about you, Tom? Uh, fine. It wasn't bad. There's been a lot of talk, according to Dave, of breaking Road Dog and X Pac up and having them do more single stuff. Oh, no. Because Tori's on the shelf for a couple of months now, so chances are when she returns, she may realign with X-Pac in a singles capacity. But, um, yeah, I mean, we may not see Road Dogg and X-Pac as a team for much longer. How do you feel about that? This good. sort of de facto outlaws team. Yeah, good. I won't have to struggle with what the hell I'm going to call them. <laughs> not the New Age Outlaws kind of DX, but not really... <laughs> I, I think Road Dogg should team up with an up-and-coming star and they should rap. Oh, that'd, that'd be a, a great idea. That's a silly thing. Tom, there's too much silliness on this show, I think. <laughs> oh, here's some Oakland Raiders at ringside. Apparently, the XFL is coming to Vegas. That's nice. Vegas needs the attractions to draw people in. Uh, also available in Las Vegas... Legalized whores. <laughs> Godfather will do great there. Yeah, for nine grand. Here's a Chris Benoit promo package who's recently shifted his personalities from workhorse IC champ to ruthless, toothless bastard. With Shane McMahon as his manager to do all the talking for him. 
Shane assisted Benoit beating The Rock on Raw, but with him interpreting Rock's hand coming down on the rope as a tap out, which may have taken a bit out of it, but it's The Rock in 2000. And he's selling as much as a... Hmm, let's think. As someone who is currently trying to sell tickets to an indoor wrestling show in 2021. <laughs> I didn't know a few people doing that. Amazingly. God. Well, I still have tickets to Ozzy Osbourne. According to the thing from last from last year, he will be touring the, he will be touring Newcastle Arena in February. Oh, of all the crossed. people who should be kept, of all the people who should be kept away from everybody, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. He was eating bats years ago. He's probably immune. <laughs> COVID. I've had it. <laughs> I've had COVID. Sharon. Oh, Sharon. I've had that COVID again. <laughs> He's from my neck of the woods. He's a brummy. He's a brummy. Oh, go, go. It is, it is great when there's like, like Ozzy Osbourne, like the Prince of Darkness. And whenever you hear him talking, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Over the bridge of darkness. Yeah. And but that's why he's like there's a singing voice most of the time. It's like ready to rock and roll. And then he stops and he's like, Well was the Osborne was? <laughs> Y'all ready to rock and roll, are you? <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll, are I? <laughs> Crazy, but that's how it goes. <laughs> Millions of people living as foes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's not too light. No, no, love. Forget how to hide. It's be the longest podcast we've ever done. This, man. God, it is. God, I don't. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody! What a treat for you. Hey, look, the world. Hey, look, the world's got. <laughs> England went to hell in a handbasket last night. You need some entertainment. Have two hours of SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, lads. I've got a busy schedule of. Um... Well, anyway. <laughs> Next up, Dimalenko. Quote from uh, <laughs> quote from Michael. Yeah, let's look at the podcast of Brevin. Um, quote from Michael Cole. Dimalenko sees himself as a James Bond type, <laughs> and you can tell because he has two local whores with him, <laughs> and he's taking on Al Snow, who has two sex dolls. <laughs> That's such a great visual. But it's a great visual because of the PTC pressure. Their sex dolls with clothes on. As the crowd goes to concession stands, <laughs> Stephen Richards shows up and removes the inflatable and non-inflatable women from ringside and runs to the back. The two men wrestle for a bit with Al struggling to fit in anywhere that's not getting mocked by Foley. He loses after superplexing Dimalenko, who then rolls him up after they land. I love that finish anywhere else, but I don't know if anybody got anything out of this other than Stephen Richards, who then shows up afterwards to say he will continue to censor material that he deems inappropriate. Sharon. <laughs> now, I think you and I are going to disagree on this based on some, some little comments made on, on in chat messages. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't mind this match. I thought it was actually Go a good on. match. Like by the by the standards of the day, as was the style at the time, um, it was all right. Like Dean and Al had their working boots on. Did you not think that? 
I think Dean always has his working boots on. And it's more, I'm less looking at what they're doing right and more what they're doing wrong, which I guess makes me a negative person. Well, no, no, you're oh, well. Mr. Botchamania. It's your job to look for wrestlers doing things wrong. You know, That's you're right. the wrestling. You, you're the wrestling world's Jeremy Beadle. It's your job to oh find my people God, doing Tom. wrong. You are though. Embrace it. You tricked it. me. Embrace you it. Give it a one-two punch. You give it a little little jab, and I thought that's nice, Tom. Em- and then when I wasn't looking, you sucker punch. Embrace it. Embrace being the wrestling world's Jeremy Beadle. Oh no, can't be the je- the wrestling world's Mandy Dingle instead. <laughs> All right, you can be the wrestling world's Mandy Dingle. Oh, get in. Thank you. You, you uh, are, what's the name of the okay. guy who used to host? It'll be all right on the night. The old boy, Dennis Norden. De- you can be the wrestling world's Dennis Norden. Oh, I'll have be a him. look at this next clip and see this idiot from Combat Zone Wrestling, <laughs> and a funny thing that happened when he set the table on fire. This is appropriately messy. Have a look. Scene at here from. <laughs> God, even as a kid, when I loved those shows, those three and a half hour long episodes, he'd be right that night. He'd, he'd talk, and I wouldn't know what he was saying. Now I'm an adult, and I do know what he's saying. I still fast forward. Have a look what at you this probably next... don't know <laughs> is that television is filled with cameras. <laughs> and people stood in front of them. Yeah. People need to do the lines. Or it's hard to make the show work. Sometimes they get the lines wrong. Have a look at this next clip of Hulk Hogan, who can't decide if he's the right guy or the right gay guy. (laughs) At the right time or the wrong time. (laughs) Have a look at this. (laughs) As I sit down for another two hours. I'm Dennis. What people, what my doctor tells me is that you actually need blood to go through the body in order to stay alive. I haven't had any for ages. Uh, I think he's still going. I know, I know, I know that the, the writers say that he, he passed some years ago, but I don't believe it. I think he's been frozen somewhere. I think him and Walt Disney are due a comeback anytime soon. <laughs> What people don't know is that Mickey Mouse wasn't actually a mouse, but an <laughs> illustration. <laughs> well, this is screaming, someone melt me already. <laughs> Dennis Norden, the original mansplainer. <laughs> what people don't know is that my name is Dennis. It's not Norton, it's Norden. <laughs> You're thinking of the antivirus software. <laughs> You're thinking of the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion of all time, Scott Norton. The, the problem with the Smackdown Cultaholic podcast that they do is that they don't often talk about wrestling. They don't talk about wrestling. It's funny, that. Yeah, I'm looking at this this lovely match and not looking at what they do right. I'm just going to... It's Dean Malenko. It's the Dean Malenko. PWI's number one in 97. The workhorse of all workhorses. And WWF doesn't know what the bloody hell to do with him. And they also don't know what the bloody hell to do with Al Snow, but they've got no intention to get rid of him just now. So they'll put the two of them together. The James Bond-esque Dean Malenko, who looks so uncomfortable out there. Uh, you know, he's if he's James Bond, then which one would he be? He'd be... Blofeld. 
I forgot his bloody name. I had such a good run there, but I think I'm more tired than I thought I was. Ping pong quiz. Go. Sorry, Tom will edit this and I'll sound really clever. Nah, I probably won't. <laughs> and he shouldn't. He's Pete. He's David Niven. There we go. <laughs> there you go. He just looks uncomfortable and I don't like it. Boo. Uh, but Stephen Richards is getting a big push. So that's good by him, I guess. <laughs> it's good for No Mercy coming up soon. Oh, he's going to get a hell of a push in the video game. Yeah. You're also going to get a big push. Chris Benoit, with a lack of pop, to be honest with you, taking on both Eddie Guerrero and China in a handicap match. And someone has very cruelly written down on my notes, the handicap is China. Oh. I mean, you're not wrong. But, oh. <laughs> you shouldn't say it. <laughs> what he means is China wasn't the first wrestler. That's all right, Dennis. <laughs> Do you know what? I was I was intrigued as to what the what the meme would be going into 2021 because we had the British Bulldog. Where's my title shot? In the in what I like to call the first trimester of the SmackDown review. Then we had Test in the second trimester. Then we had That's Gotta Be Kane, which may still return. And I fear that Dennis Norton <laughs> might be the new one. <laughs> Math, math, right? Can you promise me something? Go on. In a future Botchamania video, can you, can, can you, <laughs> can you please put a suit on and introduce, <laughs> introduce a botch like Dennis Norton? <laughs> in front of a giant VHS tape. Yes, please. Do it on a green screen. Get yourself some green cloth. 17 quid on Amazon right now. Do it in front of a green screen and a big VHS oh. behind you. Promise me, mate. And and if I die this year, I'd like that to be oh, God. your tribute to me. <laughs> should should I die? Should should this pulled muscle in my chest expand and rip my, my soul apart? I'd like you to do that in tribute to me, please. Not enough people say specifically what they want when they pass. When people say, oh, it's what they would have wanted. You don't know that for definite. I'm now telling you exactly what I want when I go. <laughs> or before. And I want Matthew <laughs> in the tux introducing a botch like he's Dennis Norden. <laughs> I'm a Todd's funeral. Dressed as Dennis Norden with a clipboard. <laughs> yes, please. And I'm there again. Everyone else is crying their eyes. I go, oh, I was a beautiful human. Going the thing with Tom was. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell anyone. Like, none of my immediate family. Like, <laughs> that you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And they're going to be like, who is he? What? Why is he doing that on this day? But I will Tom, know. Tom didn't realise that falling off a falling off an 80-foot bridge is bad for your health. So. Actually, yeah, if, if, if my death is an accident that is somehow filmed, please feel free to put it in Botchamania. Tom would have loved... Tom would have wanted to, everyone just what what is going on here? Here's a here's a funny clip of Tom at work. It's Tom's snuff video. But instead of that, it's me doing a bad dub of the the theme going Q 
queued up to the exact moment you fall and your body splits into three like those old break apart <laughs> He-Man action figures. Perfect, mate. That's all I want. And your family will kill me. And I'll be running out the door going, it's... The thing with annoying family... <laughs> the, the thing with families not listening to a podcast is they don't get the joke. <laughs> Beaten with bloody pulp and like, look, just shove him in the casket with him. We'll just, just, no one will mention I'll be it. watching and I'll be having a lovely time. <laughs> God, Tom, all this morbidity and talking of death. Anyway, Chris Benoit continues to take on Eddie Guerrero in China. Right. Oh, Eddie's fluidness and Benoit's stiffness were a beautiful mix. And I've written here, like cheese and onion. Oh, nice. I've told myself that I'm going to stop drinking during lockdown. or stick it to just the weekends. Uh, otherwise, I'm becoming a guy who's like, sod it. I've done the two things I have to do today. Time to drink my guts out. Mm. And I think this is a good reason why writing lovely things like this. Um, China annihilates Benoit at ringside, but this only angers Chris into giving Eddie that one brutal powerbomb he'd always give him when they had singles matches. Do you know the powerbomb that I'm referring to, Tom? It's the sort of tiger bomb, isn't it? That nice no. sharp sit-out powerbomb. He doesn't sit out. He just does it where he goes down upon impact further and folds Eddie up. He would do that every time they wrestled uh, in WCW. Ah. I was actually I did that deliberately to see if you were aware of that little spot that they would do together. Alas, I am not. That's fine. I am now. If you go out to see those WCW Nitros from '95 and or '96, whichever, and see Benoit doing that to Eddie and the crowd, whoa! All right, mate. Bloody hell. Did calm down on the other side? Smoking guns are defeating, you know, Dwayne Gill. <laughs> and Scott Taylor. So how about you calm your tits? Uh, Shane appears to distract the referee from China's tag as the crowd chants, Shane's a pussy, but Laura and Cole don't know what's being said. They don't even go, you know who else was a pussy? Simba. Because like Dennis Norton, Walt Disney is not a fan of the WWF. Uh, Shane slips China's feet and oh my god, the bump she takes. She absolutely flies on her ass on the apron, rather like I imagine Tom did the <laughs> other day. And a mighty bump and a retaliation. Eddie baseball slides Shane into the announce table. Benoit gets mad, the only emotion he knows, and cross faces Eddie and refuses to release, so he's DQ'd. So he acts rational and applies the cross face on Hebner. Just cause. <laughs> this causes The Rock to run out and attack everyone to save the local hero, Earl Hebner, who once had an episode dedicated entirely to him. Uh, but luckily, E and C run in to play human dominoes for the People's Champ as Benoit and Shane bravely run away. A lot going on there, Tom. What did you think? Earl Hebner. So prestigious. That's <laughs> 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 all I can think of when you said that. We are, we're setting up Benoit for greatness here. Like Benoit has just been on this steady rise as he gets set to face the rocket fully loaded, and I'm. It, it was it was a really it was good to see somebody else in the mix at the top of the card, and it was good to see sort of Eddie and China or Eddie more specifically, with the greatest respect to China, more so Eddie, breathing that same air as well, a little bit because Eddie Guerrero is just one of those guys who, when he became champion '04, it was a wonderful day. But it was great in 2000 to see him breathe in that air with The Rock. And The Rock, uh, I still think very giving at this point to, to some people, not to all, but to some. And to Benoit, he will be very giving. Well said. 
Where am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> RC Edge. RC Edge Maximum Power Cola. That'll make your pee green. Replay of the week. <laughs> and it is the thing we just saw a minute ago. <laughs> Amazing, Tom. Why are they so lazy this week? We are giving this show exactly the level of effort it deserves. <laughs> that was RC Edge Green Pea. The Rock backstage doesn't even let Kelly get his question out before shoving him away off camera and grabbing the microphone and ranting about how Benoit is the biggest chicken bleep he's ever seen. Rock is going to put his title on the lineup fully loaded against Benoit, not because he earned it or deserved it, but because he's made it personal and Rock wants to beat him as champ. And then, bam, Benoit is so happy that Rock gave him his shot that he asked for that he locks in a big hug that is misinterpreted by Rock as a crossface and Shane McMahon mocks the Rock's catchphrases until security yank them both off. Fantastic usage of Benoit here. And I personally love how Rock is like, you know what, I'm going to give you the title shot just to beat you as the champion because that's how much I hate you. I'm not going to just beat you in a singles match. I'm going to beat you as the champ to assert my dominance because I'm the Rock and I don't like you, Chris Benoit. That's so good. There's so much about this that's good. It's the rock and the language that he's using that puts Benoit in the mix. And you know what? The use of Shane McMahon with Chris Benoit is great as well. Because Benoit is not a promo guy. And if you're feuding with a promo guy, get someone like a Shane McMahon in there who can cut those promos at this time and can do carry that side of things. Just let Benoit wrestle and you're on to a good thing. So... I'm 10 days away from fully loaded, mate. I'm buzzing. I'm I'm yeah. genuinely buzzing for a watch along. A time of recording we um behind the curtain, myself, Matthew and Justin Henry this Saturday, uh, you'll hear the Cultaholic Classic WrestleMania 11 watch along, uh, which is going to be exciting as part of the raw review timeline. But the show itself is ooh, it's the show. But Fully Loaded 2000, I remember as a fan, just loving every part of that show. And I'm really excited to experience it again in 10 days with this match on top. You know what? I think that'll be the day that I get my booze in. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> well, Tom says he's buzzing. He's probably going to have to stop drinking that RC Maximum Power Edge Cola. <laughs> the Acolytes are here to take on Edging Christian for the tag titles. Because, yes, they are still somehow the number one contenders despite never showing up to wrestle on SmackDown. Uh, they didn't get the shot on Raw that they were supposed to get because Christian had the flu. So Bradshaw wrestled Edge instead. This then segues into the Youth Smoking Prevention Program sponsored replay. And it would have been beautiful if they'd decided to say Christian has the flu because he was smoking tabs before the show. <laughs> Tobacco is wacko if you're Christian. Yeah, GTV backstage is Christian. I feel bad. <laughs> and Ben Bradshaw's like, you can't wrestle tonight. You you have a problem, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of people don't realise is that <laughs> smoking <laughs> causes you to cough. So I don't realise that tobacco is indeed wacky. <laughs> Anyway, Christian overcomes his popcorn lungs to ding a ring bell on Bradshaw to help Edge win that match. And I was about to say, wait a minute, this is so weird. Edge and Christian literally just ran out here and got beat up by The Rock, and now they're going to defend the tag titles? That's that's not good booking. Au contraire. 
Both of them come out and reveal that due to The Rock's brutal attack on both of them, Edge has totally suffered a back injury. <laughs> in fact, he's in as bad shape as the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> the crowd boo because it's a football reference. Football reference. Uh, Christian says there can't be any tag title defense or a, even a five-second posing tonight. And there were bigger boos for the lack of five-second posing than the tag title defense on the crowd. But he'll totally wrestle in a 100% clean singles non-title match. I love hearing these guys talk because they sound like no one else on the roster. And this sets up uh, Christian versus Farouk. No sells everything. And then Edge's bell-related offense backfires and Farouk wins. But they get their heat back afterwards, with attacking with a bell, which goes, here we go, quote, ding, whenever it does anything. <laughs> and I swear, I've said before in reviews, sometimes it's done well on off-camera where it looks like that's the noise it made. But they use the exact same special effect, special effect, sound effect. It's nothing special about it. This kind of is a special um, effect. <laughs> it's the very special effect of... Ding. Whenever that bell did anything and moved in any position, so I was like, "All right, great." Secrets of secrets of wrestling revealed: the bells are fake. Uh, anyway, Lola is so happy afterwards after the bell-rated offense that Edge's back has recovered. Ding. <laughs> I I always liked the ding sound effect for a while. It, I never it never occurred to me that it was fake. But then I thought, well, of course it has to be because you can't make a ding sound effect without the little things about the bell. But it's the exact same noise. It doesn't matter what the bell's doing or how it lands. It's it's. There's only one, and the sound effect board. It's just ding. I think that one time you should press it accidentally, and you got like the bells of Notre oh, Dame. Yeah. <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> wow, multiple bell shots there from Edge off camera. It plays from Home Improvement. <laughs> Hit with the bell and it went, uh-huh. Edge with the ring bell to rock. <laughs> <laughs> Edge with the ring bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more time. What's it going to be? Edge with the ring bell. That's good. I'll be king. <laughs> Get in. Oh. In a press release, XFL invades Las Vegas. Vincent Mann says the XFL will crack football in the same way Popeye opens a can of spinach. <laughs> what a reference. Vince had just discovered this new upcoming character called Popeye, the <laughs> Sailor Man. <laughs> can we sign him? No. Jo why, not, why not Agent Dennis Norton? Well, the thing with Popeye is that he's a Sailor Man. Yeah. And that's Sailor Man. Already have a very strong union and will not see the benefits of uh, signing a wrestling contract. Also, he's not real. Ah, damn it. <laughs> we're so close. <laughs> I like Popeye. Do you remember they were going to do that? <laughs> I like Popeye. I like Popeye. <laughs> Just an observation. They had, did you see this? They did a trailer. They dropped a trailer for a, for a CGI Popeye movie about three years ago that looked amazing. And then it got binned in favor of something else but it was it looked brilliant Just... there's two things one have you ever seen i doubt you have but um my granddad on tape i haven't seen Pop your granddad I... on tape no oh you... <laughs> is it any good 
It's as good as Grandad on tape two. <laughs> Grandad Arda. <laughs> Grandma's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Pope, uh, Popeye versus Sinbad the Sailor. It's Popeye versus Terminator. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He's gonna uh anyway, it's it's half a musical, half uh animated thing. It's on YouTube with like the HD remaster, it looks beautiful. It's awesome. It's one of my favourite cartoons of all time. Uh because the, the singing's quite good. And Popeye is hysterical because he's got this inner like not really, it's an outer monologue where he's just walking around going, hey, what's all this in? Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> Look at that little thing. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and I find it quite amusing. <laughs> so that's a good thing of Popeye that you should watch. You know what you shouldn't watch, Tom? <laughs> what's that, mate? The live-action Popeye film with Robbie Williams. Oh, I think I did watch that many moons oh. ago. <laughs> you don't need it's drugs, not, you just watch that. It's not great. It's not great. Inspired by our conversation, Math, in real time, I'd like you to check my Twitter and see what I've just put on there. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this is live, and, and by the time you hear this, you might have already seen this on my timeline. <laughs> I don't know whether anyone's done it before. It's not a video of you watching Bloody Lord of the Rings. And going and say, <laughs> no, it's... Oh, you are a get. <laughs> you are a get and a half, mate. <laughs> You know what, despite you, I'm going to retweet your friggin' Lockdown and Knuckles thing and just to... What is that? <laughs> it's Popeye the Sailor Moon. Shut up. River City Handsome's replied, Someone take Tom's phone from him for free, Yeah, get him. <laughs> but do retweet Lockdown and Knuckles. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> hey, look at that. some two retweets already. That's exciting. But anyway, come on. Stop talking about Popeye math. We've got a wrestling podcast. Today. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we move on from the from the XFL announcement to talk. Oh, God. Kane versus Kurt Angle. Hey! Yay! The WrestleMania X8 rematch. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Did you know that Ooh, Jonathan yeah, Edward Bernthal, the actor most known for playing the Punisher in the Netflix series, is Kurt Angle's uncle-in-law? No. Well, you do now. Well, the more you know. Whoosh. Do, 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 do. Kurt Angle is upset that he has to wrestle Kane tonight because he has Undertaker fully loaded. So backstage, he expositions this all to Stephanie. And he's again explains how upset he is at this, this situation he's in. Poor Kurt. Poor King Kurt. And he gives her a big hug to make himself feel better, which he likes. <gasps> Until... Triple H sees it, and now Stephanie is, say, has, is forced to say that Kurt Angle forced her himself on top of her. And Triple H goes, he did what? Then walks as if he's heading to the ring, but then doesn't show up for a few minutes. Uh, meanwhile, Kurt Angle is a bit twitchy after getting milk on Undertaker's bike, and you know how hard that is to get rid of, <laughs> and is gets scared of his own pyro heading to the ring. Ha ha ha. Kurt Angle takes everything Kane gives him, and... Angle has gone from the pro wrestling machine King Kurt to being a church mouse but it works because it's Kane Kane press slams Angle a few times and he's able to come back with ankle shots because you make your ankle hurt ankle hurt <laughs> he's just a sexy Kurt sexy Kurt he'll make your ankle hurt ankle hurt 
can't think of anything to say. Sexy cut. Anyway, Triple H shows up wearing his shirt, which he wasn't. So I guess he had to stop heading to the ring, go back, look through his shirts and go, all right, what one to wear? Well, I wore that one earlier. I can't wear the WF Attitude one because Crash Holly's going to be wearing that later on. Uh, the fully loaded ones aren't ready yet. Oh, bollocks, it'll wear a DX one. So he shows up wearing his shirt to attack Angle for the DQ. No, wait. The referee somehow does not see or hear Triple H attacking him. And this sets up the one-handed chokeslam to win it for Kane. I don't know. I think Triple H could have done nothing there and Kane would have won on his own. But got to keep that storyline brewing. But I know. We're we're doing a slow build here to something quite intriguing between Kurt Angle and Triple H. We certainly. I was about to say that, Tom. We certainly are one of the best little... Uh, slow building things we have with, with Triple H still wrestling uh, feuding with Jericho and Foley kind of an angle and also Undertaker later on and he kind of always hates the rock so yeah it's really good that I've got all these plates spinning at once uh, it shows the company can do long term storytelling and balance lots of things at once they can yeah. do it as opposed to now where they just go uh, 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 Goldberg yeah, um, Drew. Why? Because of reasons. Like, Goldberg pushing Drew so hard that it segues into a, a promo for Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Uh, where are we at? I've scrolled down too far. No, 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 we no, are no. currently... So, so Kurt Angle has just lost to Kane. Oh, no. Uh, we're heading towards Crash Holly, Crash Holly and Steve Blackman for the Hardcore oh, no. Championship. We did a Kane... Match and we didn't manage to shove in. That's got to be Kane. Uh, Colonel XB is on festive break. He worked hard over Christmas, and we are giving him. We're giving him a week off. He worked hard. That's got to be Colonel XB. <laughs> oh on, boy, he... I, I can't wait to listen to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown podcast <laughs> with Tom and Mapu. I wonder if they'll say any amusing. Sitcom parodies that I can turn into a video. <laughs> Hello, you. <laughs> Guru Larry. What are you doing here? <laughs> no, I must stop doing a bit because I wasn't going to do one this week. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go home and not do a bit. Oh, who's that over there? <laughs> Is that you, Mick Jack? No, I must not do a bit. I must go home immediately and not do a bit. Hi, Kane. Can you help me with my tyres? No, Mick Jagger. I can't <laughs> help you. Because it would result in something funny. And I'm not doing any bits today. All right. That's got to be Come back. <laughs> oh no, I'm here. But when I watch the collection shows, it's it's Tom doing these magnificent stories, and I'm just like, okay. And then I say one line, I'm like, oh, I ruined it. Oh no, no, I find <laughs> so majority. Like, I just let Tom do his thing. I'm like, all right, fine. No, perfect. most of the most of them I find is me going, hello, <laughs> and just me laughing all the way through it. I laugh it's a lot. It's great. It works so well with the setting and the cane <laughs> face and the just the. Oh, I'm going to make up this thing at the top of my head from a, an episode of Vicar of Dibley that I saw 20 years ago with my wife, Linda, and my sister-in-law, Belinda. 
<laughs> no, it's his mother-in-law, Belinda. Remember, oh. at Christmas, he wrote Linda on the first packet. Now I'll write Belinda. I'll write Linda first. So the joke is that Kane <laughs> might accidentally get his wife something deeply Dennis inappropriate. Gordon, what are you doing here? Mick Jagger gave me a lift. <laughs> I told you to help me, Kane. It was going to be a good adventure. Oh, my, my, ca my car broke down. I couldn't get no traction. <laughs> da, da, da. Oof. Oof. Oh, I faded to black. That wasn't you. I know. <laughs> oh, I just went. I'm Mick Jagger. <laughs> I'm Mick Jagger. <laughs> I'm allowed to say these expressions, Kane, just because I didn't sing about it. Wake me up when September ends. Oh. That's green. I can say it. Yeah. What, you think I just walk around saying this? <laughs> They you know, will be songs. I can only say songs from my discography. Yes, that's how I. That's how I thought it worked. <laughs> well, to start me up. Oh. <laughs> pretty good, oh, actually. If only I'd gone to fix your car, that could have been the gag. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> See, the joke of this is, no one is watching or listening to this podcast. Christ. If they put this on in prisons, they'd go back to their cells. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Christ, everyone's a critic. Stop being a meanie boy, Dennis Norden, or it won't be all right on the night for you. That means I'll kill you. And that, that's it. That's the screenshot ending and then the, the, the theme song playing. Have a look at this next clip of Dennis Norden <laughs> getting a tombstone pile driver. <laughs> but... We don't have that red. It scoops him up. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> you see, <laughs> see what you meant was you were going to do it now, Clonk. <laughs> oh, that's got to be Kane. <laughs> Scrunch. That's his neck gone. Turned to dust. Oh, God. Blackman versus Holly. <laughs> Blackman versus Crash Holly happened about three weeks ago. Uh, Crash Holly is here with the Tommy Dreamer WF shirt of death. Bless him. Taking on Steve Blackman, the WF hardcore champion. I'm glad you wrote the shirt of death. It's always a bad sign when somebody comes out wearing a uh, a standard WWF t-shirt or a pay-per-view t-shirt. That's normally a bad sign. Yes. Yes, it is. Crash only immediately gets a whip out, but Blackman uses his skills to disarm Crash, which I think is nice. He then whips him around via the neck and bonks him with a bin lid. Blackman already rules as hardcore champion because instead of simply twatting people with stuff, he actually looks like he's trained in bin lid offense. Crash tries to attack with a kendo stick and Blackman, with his Bachelor's of Arts honorary degree in stick offense, takes it off him. So Crash Holly rides under the ring instead. A fire extinguisher to the face gets Crash the advantage, but he runs into a slam. And then Blackman, and one of the most brutally offensive things I've seen a big man do to a little person, picks him up like the catch of the day and swings him around with reckless abandon into the ring steps and then on his head. Like he's nothing. Jeez. He treated his sticks with more respect than a human, half a human being. And a funny setup of Crash in a setup chair getting pump kicked into a bin wins it. 
which is probably the safest, most comfortable looking thing you see in the entire show. <laughs> and it's already great. Blackman is the lethal weapon because he's lethal and he has weapons. I am loving the Blackman Hardcore Championship run. For me, yeah. it's, it's it's some of the best stuff on on WWF right now. <laughs> yeah, they've they've struggled going like, oh, Steve Blackman, he's really hard in real life. And I'm like, yeah, this is wrestling. It's not real life. One of the best things right now is, is two dudes dancing badly with a big fat Samoan dude with his arse out. I don't want to see real life. And so is Steve Blackman like, hi, I'm really hard. All right, cool. But now they've got him doing all this stuff with the weapons. Like, oh, he really is hard. <laughs> Hardcore. Anyway, Kevin, uh, Kelly, Tom's mate, says The Rock and Benoit have unfinished business. Awesome. Cheers, Tom's mate. <laughs> And that finally brings us to the main event. And this podcast may be even longer than the watch-along of WrestleMania 11 that's coming soon. <laughs> I think it's close, mate. Bloody hell. We'll have to hurry up. It's done in half an hour. <laughs> the main event is here. Triple H and Taker in a no-DQ match. Bit weird having a no-DQ match below a hardcore title match. Eh, must be because Foley is in Southeast Asia. <laughs> and this, of course, brings out, You're gonna pay, you're gonna pay, as Undertaker is here. In his finest house show gear. God, this looks like that time. Do you remember that one house show? I think I it was 1998. Say. Was it 98? Where his, his luggage didn't turn up. So he, he basically gave us an early version of the American Badass because he just wrestled in his jeans and shirt. Yes, the American Lazy Beep is here. <laughs> Look at him go. Uh, I wonder if he even knew that this was still on SmackDown or if this is one of these special main events for the uh, people in attendance. <sighs> crowd not into it at the start which is interesting I'm like well just you wait until Wrestlemania 27 Undertaker dunks Triple H on the announce table Stephanie gets involved and the crowd really get excited at the idea of man on woman violence but those pesky PTC people won't allow it so Triple H interferes crowd get into it uh, as Triple H hits his high knee which is the booty man's finisher gets two so he was his finisher because it was a high knee. <laughs> which, if you say it in American, means your bottom. Thanks, thanks, Dennis. Uh, Undertaker's power slam gets two. And I have to say, Undertaker does not look fantastic in this match. He's looked so good recently when he's just annihilated people. He's run roughshod over DX. He's chokeslammed loads of people. Having him in a normal ass singles match with crappy gear is a bit of a step back for me. And then eventually, Angle runs in. And misses a sledgehammer shot on Triple H to hit Undertaker, which lets Triple H win. Which is all well and good, except Undertaker was about to hit him with a choke slam. So there was absolutely no need, and maybe the worst time for an attended interference I've ever seen in wrestling. But whatever. It's the end of the show. Aww. What did you think? Uh this is this is one of the first times Undertaker and Triple H the American Badass have fought. Is that the first? Is it? The, is that the first time they've ever fought? It was in '99. Uh, no, they had a match on Shotgun Saturday Night because that's the one where he tombstone him at the top of a escalator. And oh, then to what? All the way down. Oh, we've not seen that. Oh, Shotgun Saturday Night's a crazy show. I'm gonna find this. Yeah. But they don't. They haven't had many matches together at this point. Like they, they kind of keep them separated to an extent. So, and and having trip, and also having triple h pin the undertaker 
was was quite significant as well. That felt like a big deal, even though Kane was, in, even though Kurt was involved, and we're leading towards Kurt versus Undertaker. It was fine as a main event. Undertaker wasn't especially great at this point in wrestling, but it was all about the character and the persona and the and the swagger and all that, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it makes sense. I'm all right with Triple H getting that weak victory over Undertaker. That's what that's what SmackDown is for. It's for building that's all the stories. That's what SmackDown's for. Oh God, keep smiling. Keep shine. <laughs> Sheer Khan appearing at the very end, and he's like, "But that wasn't a very good finish." <laughs> Sheer Khan. That's what SmackDown is. And then, and then Shao Khan turns up and beats him up. <laughs> just a pathetic. <laughs> Some of a sledgehammer. What a crossover. What's this? A crossover? Shere Khan and Shao Kahn. Shere Khan and Shao Kahn. Now, Linda, I've hired Shere oh Khan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Linda, I've hired Shere Khan for a children's party. Actually, whichever way you slice this, the kids are getting beaten up here, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you hire Shere Khan or Shao Khan. I think that makes it worthwhile. The oh, kids no, are love no. being mauled by a tiger. It would be no. Here's the here's the Kane episode. Here's the Kane episode. If we if I was going to do a Kane episode, if I was going to do a that's gonna be Kane, it would be going to a fancy dress party dressed as Shao Khan from. <laughs> Where's he? Where's Shao Khan from? Oh, dressed as Shao Khan from Mortal Kombat. Only to arrive and realise everyone else is dressed as characters from the Jungle Book, and I misheard them. I came dressing up. <laughs> he'd have to put on stuff over his red and black gear. Be a good look. Guess who I am? You're Kane, the professional. No, <laughs> I'm Christmas Kane. You unlock it by pressing up, down, left, and right. What did you remember from this episode of SmackDown, Matthew? Honestly, Dennis Norton. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to talk about Dennis Norton so much today. <laughs> okay, Dennis Norton. Uh, anything else? Uh, yes, uh, on the show, I don't recall this one. Watching it as a kid, there wasn't much here that you couldn't get elsewhere. But I like the fact that Benoit is being a badass and stretching people. That's that's what I remember overall. Just the idea, not the single edition of him doing it, but just him doing it every week and be like, "I'm Benoit, I'll stretch you." Grr, grr. That's a good Prove shout. Prove me wrong, grr. I remember from this one the not only the daftness of the Triple H promo, but also how brilliant Steve Blackman was as a hardcore champion. Like this yeah. match against Crash Holly felt like a weird sort of passing of the torch. Because this was like Blackman now yes. taking the lead in the hardcore division. So I like that a lot. Um, what did you forget from this show? <laughs> Everything else? Uh... <laughs> Everything else just fell away. Yeah, did everything... The weird, crappy Triple H promo. Look at how clever I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? And the crowd just no, no reaction. 
Like, damn you, Triple H, how could you? <laughs> it's like, so complicated. So, so yeah, you know what? Ridiculous. The thing I didn't, I didn't remember, uh, sorry, I forgot, was X-Pac going, dude, you lost the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> That's a good line. I forgot uh, Benoit putting the crossface on the rock in the interview area as Shane McMahon screams at him. That was a good bit. Mm. Forgot how cool that looked. That was a good visual, that was. Big fan of that. Big, big fan of that. So, yeah. So, that was SmackDown this week. Uh, somewhere amongst the, the Dennis Norden references and discussion on our favourite teachers, we talked about an episode of SmackDown. Did you have a lovely time, Matthew? Absolutely. I feel like uh, we got our sea legs back. I feel like this was like our first one back of 2021. Yeah. We had an extended break away. I feel like this was uh, just a sort of like... Uh, this was a, a, a test run around the track. I think for the years to come. <laughs> yes. It needs to be said, I've tried to reset my sleep pattern to the joys of watching Raw live with people on Discord. It's slightly better than watching it the next day and going, this is a bit cruish, this. Because um, I've realised that the sleep pattern's going to be knackered because why do I need to get up right now? It's getting up for Tom and that's it. And if Tom hadn't answered, I would have slept until three. <laughs> so... So... One, I'm, I don't think my body's really re ready and prepared for it, so I'm a bit slow in the head right now. That'll help. Next week's one will be a blinder. And two, me and Tom like each other. We like talking complete crap, and we have had two weeks away from each other. So this one was pretty... What's a term for doing something that only you like? Uh, I'll, um... Self... Self-flagellating. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you said it, not me. This was a self-flagellating episode. That means they did it for themselves. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Um, but he Dennis the Menace now. So um, there's probably a better. There's a probably better word. It's probably a better word. Yeah, but we hope that next week we we make this a bit more streamlined and my brain works a bit better. But it'll be fine next week. Exactly. It'll be. Hey, that, it'll be fine. There's not a new show. It'll all be fine next week. <laughs> But hey, what do you have upcoming, Tom? This Saturday, you and I are back together, along with Justin Henry Yay. from the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. It's on the Raw timeline. We are doing a watch-along of WrestleMania 11. We're going to watch the entire darn thing, and we're going to offer you a commentary track so you can essentially watch it with us. At this time, where we're all sort of on our own, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and isolated once again, thanks to more lockdown-based shenanigans, allow us to be some sort of virtual company and watch, an epi watch a wrestling pay-per-view that is pretty much considered the worst WrestleMania ever uh, with you. And you'll be able to do that on Saturday by downloading the Cultaholic Classic WrestleMania 11 watch-along on the Cultaholic podcast feed. That's what I'm up to. What about you, Matthew Greggles? I'm compiling a few videos uh, for my own channel of the compilation of all the fantastic guest hosts there's been on Botchmania this last year, where oh. I have submitted things to people like, oh, I don't know, the lovely person I'm speaking to right now. Oh, am I in it? You will be, yes. Yay! The bits where I've said, hey, can you read this? And they've gone, yes. Uh, the issue right now is editing it and make sure it actually stays on YouTube because uh, <laughs> all, all those little segments together build up one hour. Uh, so that's fair and uh, fair enough, but for YouTube, they're a bit like, no, that there's a lot of copyright on this. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> Don't look. I'll it's pretend. Fine. To, Hello, I'm Mr. OSW. <laughs> I'm going to upload a video on YouTube. 
No, oh, that seems legit. Yes, that's right. That's uh, and that'll be it. And I will be doing the streaming. Like I always do for Call like on Saturday. Is it a retro night? Um, sure. Yeah. I'm going to do. Are you playing, vector, are you playing vector man or not? Uh, All right. Thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to you. I bought the Sega Mega Drive Classic Collection for the PS4. Oh. So I played a bit of Dynamite Heady, and then I was showing my good lady the uh, Bonanza Brothers the other night. Uh, okay. Streets of Rage. She's a bit younger than me, so all this is a bit like, like ob- obscene to her. And she's like, I don't get why this was fun. It just was. It just was. Deal with it. And Vector Man 1 and 2 are on there. And I had Vector Man for my birthday one year, and I love Vector Man. So I had a little go on that, and I'm excited to have a go on Lego on on Vector Man Two. In mm. a bit, that's good. That's on there. Golden Axe is on there. That's good. Wonder Boy, the Dragon's uh, Trap is on there. I think there's a lovely HD remake of that, but it's nice to play the old ones. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So if you could do a retro game, that'd be lovely. Thank you know you. what I might try? What? The Lost Vikings. Oh <gasps> yes. That's stunning. Hey, hey, you lot playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This is where it really <laughs> began. Lost Vikings. People seem, to, people seem to like the puzzle aspect. When I did Baba is You and uh, looked like a gibbering idiot for a bit. <laughs> eat soil. Uh, <laughs> I, seem to, I seem to remember in the chat just constantly saying, eat soil, eat soil. <laughs> no, I like your retro streams on a Saturday night. They're really good fun. So I'm excited to see one of them. Fantastic. Do that. Do a thing. Do a thing. Thank anyway, you. we have gone on for over two hours, so we should probably God. we should probably go and have a drink and a, and a, and yeah. a sleep and a cry, uh, in that order. So until we speak to you on Saturday for the Cultaholic Classic SmackDown, no Cultaholic Classic WrestleMania 11 watch along. That's the one, Tom. Well done. He is at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Tug. Ah, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> you see. At the end, when he says love you, bye, it's a catchphrase that he's used for quite some time. Have a listen to this next clip of somebody saying love you, bye. Love you, bye! (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.